And uh, thank you. It's great to have the worship team back, isn't it? There's only so much singing from a screen you can do. So thank you, each one of you. I uh, really appreciate your ministry. But good morning again. Good morning again. That was resounding. Thank you, Audrey. Audrey's really glad to be here. Every now and again, there comes a time in any relationship where difficult conversations need to take place. Where truth needs to be spoken, where topics can no longer be avoided, and there is a requirement to lay it all out there in order to be true to who you are. This morning is one of those mornings for us as the people of God. The topics that we're going to be looking at this morning are perhaps a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit, a big bit unpopular, but are necessary to consider to be able to be true to who we are as a people not just called Nazarene, but as a people called the children of God. So today, as we continue our Deolingo series, where we are attempting to translate the language of the church into language and words that we can actually understand, we're going to be considering the terms resurrection, judgment, and destiny this morning. I'm actually quite glad this morning that we're looking at these three because as a creature of habit, having three distinct points makes my wee preacher heart leap with joy and it makes my wee preacher brain very happy. Yet on the other hand, I have been deeply challenged in preparation for this message this morning because the biblical context and the biblical content leaves us with nowhere to hide and forces us into decision and into action. So for the next little while, I want to encourage us all to sit up and to take stock because it is my belief that the Lord has something important to say to each one of us this morning if we have ears to hear that which it is that he is saying to us as his people. So with that in mind, let us pray together before we go any further. And before we dive in to the word, let's pray. Father God, we thank you this morning that you are here by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. We pray now that as we gather around your word, that you would illuminate it to our hearts. That you would transform us by the renewing of our minds. And that your son, Jesus Christ, would be high and lifted up. And that you would draw us to yourself as you speak your word to our hearts this morning. We pray it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Now, everybody loves a comeback story. Don't they? Everybody loves a comeback story. Manchester United fans will point you back to Barcelona in May 1999. Liverpool fans will point you to Istanbul in 2005. Manchester City fans, well, they don't have any history to point back to, um, so they, they might not be able to. Um, and for those, who, who, those of us who don't like sport, well, all of that perhaps went over our heads a little bit. However, there is something about a comeback story. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, Rosemary. There is something about a comeback story which awakens something within the human psyche. 
The reality for each one of us here this morning is this, that there is coming a day when each and every person who has ever lived, is currently living, or will ever live, will make a comeback. You see, as we consider the term resurrection this morning, we're not necessarily talking about Jesus' resurrection on the third day that we celebrate at Easter, but rather we're going to spend some time this morning talking um, about the resurrection that is to come on the last day. We're not going to spend time this morning talking about the return of Christ solely because we're going to be looking at that in and of its own right in a few weeks' time. But the resurrection of the dead is an important part of our faith. But it's a part of our faith that's perhaps not talked about very much. Article 16 of the Church of the Nazarene states that we believe in the resurrection of the dead. That the bodies both of the just and of the unjust shall be raised to life and united with their spirits. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life. And they that have done evil unto, until the resurrection of damnation. Nevin read for us a little earlier these words from John, 20, uh, John 5, 28 to 29. Words which were spoken by Jesus himself who said do not be amazed at this for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out those who have done what is good will rise to life and though or t- to life yet yeah, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned this this has been a, a bit of a difficult week in the life of the church. And Alison touched on it um, for us there a little earlier as as we lost one of our members, Matt McNeese. Yet, one thing which which stuck and struck me was the hope that filled the room during his funeral service. We talk about a celebration of life and that's what it was. There was hope in the room as we gathered to celebrate his life and lay him to rest. You see, we know that what happens here on earth and the decisions that we make whilst we are alive have consequences for the life that is to come. Has consequences for that great day that is to come. You see, as Matt placed his trust in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Saviour, as God pursued him with his love and Matt as a consequence surrendered his life to Christ, that decision that he made, that surrender that he made, has now ensured that Matt shall be raised to the resurrection of life and that right now he is enjoying fellowship with and is worshipping the Saviour whom he loved and followed. You see, in contrast, as we turn on our TV sets As we listen on the radio, as we flick and scroll through our news feeds and we see, hear and read of the devastation and the evil that is happening in the Middle East, in Israel and in Gaza, in Ukraine and in Russia, although it's maybe not as prevalent on our news feeds at the moment. This same scripture, these same words of Jesus tell us that those 
that there are those who will be raised until the resurrection of damnation, of an eternity separated from Christ. But what is the difference between the good that leads to the resurrection of life and evil that leads to the resurrection of damnation? What's the difference? Or who makes the difference? The difference is the man, Jesus Christ, and the sacrifice which he made for us. The Bible tells us in Psalm 53, verses 2 to 3, a typo on the screen there, that God looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand who seek after God. They have all fallen away. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. That's pretty black and white, isn't it? Anybody uncomfortable? That's pretty black and white. That's, that's pretty devoid of hope, right? But hear these words from Romans chapter 3 verses 22 to 24 because it's important that we do not read scripture in isolation from the entirety of scripture. Paul writes that righteousness, right standing, goodness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. And it doesn't matter where you're from. Unless we believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as the personal saviour of our lives, we cannot be raised unto the resurrection of life. It doesn't matter how much we help other people. It doesn't matter how much time we volunteer. It doesn't matter how much we pray or attend church and church meetings or how much money we put into the offering or even how much we talk about Jesus. The reality for each one of us, myself included, is simple. That unless we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him as the personal saviour of our lives, we cannot be raised unto the resurrection of life. Jesus is the only way. And as he himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Pretty black and white. Now, from resurrection to judgment. Who's really glad they came to church this morning? (laughs) From resurrection of the dead to judgment. We believe in future judgment. In which every person shall appear before God to be judged according to his or her deeds in this life. Where does the Bible say that? It says it in Revelation 20, 11 to 15. 
Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not written, not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. Pastor, would you calm down? Pastor, did you really need to read that aloud? Pastor, this doesn't sound very loving to me. People need to know that God loves them. Pastor, what on earth are you reading that for? I want to tell you, in one sense, you're right. In one sense, you're right. People do need to know that God loves them. I need to know that God loves me. And each one of us here today need to know that God loves them. You. Yet the reality this morning is that a God of love will never force himself upon you. He will never force himself upon us. He will not force us to believe in him. He will not force us to trust in him. He will not force us to love him. He will not force us to surrender our lives to him. He will not force us to be holy as he is holy. But he himself is holy. And in him there is and can be no unholiness. This is why Jesus came in the first place. This is why God put on flesh and dwelt among us. This is why Christ laid down his life to make possible relationship with God. That we might be clothed in his righteousness. That we might be given right standing with God and be holy and blameless in his sight. That as we stand before the throne on that day and are judged according to the deeds that we have done in this life. That those who are found in Christ, that their names shall be written in the Lamb's book of life. And their faith will be made sight. And they will experience life everlasting with their Saviour and reign with him forever. But I love you far too much this morning not to tell you. I love you far too much this morning not to tell you that if your name is not found in that book, if you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Saviour, your inheritance, the judgment that will be passed, is an eternity separated from God, eternal damnation and suffering with no hope of return. Yet, yet, in his great mercy, the good news for each one of us this morning is this. 
The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a faith. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. We read that in 2 Peter chapter 3. Yet in his great mercy. Folks, today is the day of salvation. Do not delay For that day is coming soon. No one knows the day nor the hour, but it is coming. It is coming. Our God, who is love, who loves us far too much to force himself on us and to force us to love him, this same God extends the arm of salvation to each one of us this morning and bids us come. Maybe you've never come. This morning he bids you come. Maybe you once came and you've stumbled somewhere along the way. He bids you come. Maybe life's hard and life's difficult this morning and you're clutching on by your fingernails. This morning he bids you come. He says... Come to me, all ye who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take your yoke upon me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This wonderful, loving God, our Savior Jesus Christ, bids us come. It is his desire that none should perish, but he cannot and I cannot Make your mind up for you this morning. Only you can. He bids you, come. And that begs the question for us this morning. What what are we going to do with the facts that have been laid bare today? What will be your eternal destiny? It's not about the person sitting to your right or sitting to your left or sitting in front of you or behind you. It's not about the person that's going through your mind right now. What will your eternal destiny be? See, we believe that glorious and everlasting life is assured to all who savingly believe in and obediently follow Jesus Christ, our Lord. But we also believe that the final, finally impenitent, those outside of relationship with Christ, that they shall suffer eternally in hell. As I invite the, the praise team to come so that we're ready to jump straight into our song, I make no apologies this morning for preaching the whole council of scripture. Because as I said right at the start, every now and again, there comes a time in any relationship where difficult conversations need to take place, where truth needs to be spoken 
no matter how uncomfortable it may be, where topics can no longer be avoided and there is a requirement for us to lay it all out there in order to be true to who we are. This is what we believe as a people called Nazarene. This is what we believe as the people of God. This is why we share the love of God with others. This is why we pray that others would come to know him as Lord and Saviour of their lives. This is why we preach Christ crucified. This is why we preach the need and teach the need of repentance from sins and the forgiveness of sins which is offered in Christ Jesus alone. This is why we encourage each and every one of us to share the gospel with our friends and with our families. Because the reality this morning is that Christ offers himself to all who would savingly believe in and obediently follow him. He calls them his own. And his blood covers the multitude of their sin, presenting them as holy and blameless on the day of judgment. For there is coming a day when we all must stand before the throne. There is coming a day when the books will be opened. There is coming a day when we must give account for that which we have done here on earth. And you alone, you alone hold the destiny of your soul in your hand. But the question we must all answer this morning is will we keep a hold of it or will we entrust our eternal destiny to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. That's the decision that faces each one of us today. And it's a decision which must drive each one of us to our knees. But people of God, those who have trusted and those who obediently follow, your inheritance is Jesus and he is your living hope. So if you're able, let's stand together as we close our time together, as we sing that wonderful song of hope. Jesus Christ, my living. Let's stand together. <laughs>